Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Before we get started, Malaya Hotels International asked us to share some of their latest news and measures and talk to you guys about how they're improving their tools and services for their partners. You know, Brooke, the gradual but positive evolution of the pandemic in different countries and destinations and the efforts made by everyone in society to prevent and combat the virus now allow hotels like Malia International to talk about an imminent return to hotel activity. The premises of safe travel and calm travel have transformed the world of hospitality. And as is expected of a leader in both resort and urban leisure hotels, at Malia Hotels International, they have sought to bring forward this transformation and completely redesign their customer experience. They are applying the most rigorous standards of safety, hygiene, and well-being for the new post-COVID-19 business environment, and they wanted you to be the first to know. The Stay Safe with Malaya program addresses all the aspects of hotel operations and the customer experience. Everything from arrival to departure, including cleaning and disinfection, occupational health, safety measures with suppliers and third parties. They use the most innovative solution to minimize physical contact between customers and employees and thus guarantee the safety of facilities and sustainability. And as you guys all know, travel is a chain and just like the safety of their customers, getting the recovery started is a task that we all share. Faced with a pandemic that has created what we now know as the great travel crisis, we must be even more united than ever to get things back on track. Yeah, and for this reason, Malia Hotels would like to thank you, as always, for your trust and support in these unprecedented times. When you come back, meet with Malia. You can enjoy maximum flexibility to cancel or change your group booking, including free cancellation and return of deposits up to 60 days before arrival. You know, Cody, even 30 days before arrival, Malia makes it possible to change the dates with no cancellation fees. Even as close as 48 hours before arrival, booked room reductions are available and double Malaya rewards points for every group. Our best wishes to you and your family and a speedy recovery to us all. Learn more at malaya.com and click on the COVID-19 link at the top or visit our show notes for more information. Now, let's get to the episode. Today, we have Karina Bauer, CEO of IMAX Group, to talk to us about how their virtual event, Planet IMAX, went. Yeah, Karina had some really fantastic insights on how IMEX made that decision to cancel and then pivot to virtual. You know, they put a lot of thought into the planning with a focus on the mission, the value, and of course, creating engagement. Yeah, and it was really interesting to hear their approach on showing ROI without even charging a fee for the event. So let's hear what Karina has to say. All right, Karina, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Uh, before we get started, though, can you tell us just a little bit about Planet IMAX and how you ended up as CEO of IMAX Group? Yes, well, let's start with um, how I ended up as CEO. Um, so IMAX was, um, the company was started in 2001 by my father, Ray Bloom, when he launched the IMAX in Frankfurt exhibition. And I joined about a year later, mid-2002, as part of the uh, launch team for that first show, uh, which took place in 2003. And initially, I was the marketing and ops director. And um, I then transitioned to CEO when we launched IMEX America 
when we launched IMEX America in 2009 with the first show taking place in 2011. So uh, when we expanded, that was really when I took over as CEO and um, have uh, been in that role ever since. Um, in terms of Planet IMEX, uh, you know, the seeds really for that were sown um, due to the COVID-19 crisis, we found ourselves in the middle of February for the first time ever having to cancel a show, which was uh, the cancellation of IMEX Frankfurt, which was due to take place around 10 weeks later in um, middle of May. And um, so after we had cancelled that show, we really sat down and tried to work out what we wanted to do online uh, for the community. And that was how Planet IMEX was born. That is amazing. We've been hearing a lot from organizations and, and planners about how they've been pivoting to virtual, but this certainly was a big event. And as I understand it, this is the first time that IMEX has put on this kind of major months long virtual event. Tell us more about this. How did Planet IMEX go? Well, first of all, it went great. Um, you know, we were really happy uh, with the feedback we got. We were really happy with what we were able to achieve, especially in the short space of time that we had, because really by the time we had discussed what we wanted to do, you know, spoken to vendors and got started, it was really about a five week turnaround. And for some of our big tech vendors that we used, it was actually a two week turnaround on products that they usually have a minimum of eight weeks. So it was really, you know, a rush to get it done. So we went really well, um, but yeah, everything was new for us. And, and for us, it was about looking at this huge sort of coming together of the industry that we have at IMEX in Frankfurt and IMEX America and trying to really get to the essence of all the different elements that take place at a big live show like that and breaking it apart and looking at what we could do online, when we should do it, how we should do it and, and really delivering those different elements in different ways to, to suit sort of the purpose of them. Absolutely. And I have to imagine that decision, that moment when you guys decided, okay, we cannot do this in person, we have to do it virtual was probably a really complex decision you had to make. Can you kind of walk us through what that moment felt and looked like? What were you guys talking about? Well, the reality is the decision wasn't let's cancel, let's go virtual. The decision was we need to cancel. And after that, we still talked about whether we would go virtual. So, you know, it, things were moving so fast. I've, I've heard other people talk about the fact that, you know, every hour, you know, the world changed. And that's what it was like in the first couple of weeks of March. So really, you know, it was about um, the, the decision to cancel was incredibly difficult. Um, you know, devastating almost is how I would describe it, because trade show organisers, event organisers, it's not in our DNA to cancel a show or an event for any reason whatsoever. You know, the show must go on. That That is what's built into you if that's what you do for a living. Um, and so, yeah, and it was a complex decision because of course there were so many moving parts uh, to make a decision like that, especially uh, working out the timing of that decision. So that was also uh, the, the complex and difficult part of it. But once that decision was made that we were going to need to cancel the show in Frankfurt, then the decision to 
do something online instead wasn't so difficult. What was complex was deciding what we would do online and how we would do that and how we would our team would be structured in order to deliver that, especially as we were also working remotely for the first time, because actually our team is not that large. There are 65 of us and uh, we largely work in one office uh, in Brighton on the south coast of the UK. So whilst we travel a lot, so in, you know, absent from each other, you know, regularly, um, we always were able to come together. And so this new working environment added a layer of complexity as well to the entire process. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, this is completely uncharted territory and everybody's just kind of trying to figure out what to do. But we wanted to schedule this podcast for after Planet IMAX because I wanted to hear how it went. And I heard you received some initial feedback from your attendees. What has been the response so far for Planet IMAX? Yeah, so the response to Planet IMEX was really fantastic. There were lots of different elements to it. So at the center of Planet IMEX, we created a 3D um, world with three islands. And that world is uh, built in a gaming technology called Storyscape. Um, so that's sort of at the heart of Planet IMEX, and that links all the elements together. And we wanted to create that because we wanted to create an immersive, fun, and joyful experience. We also wanted to link what we were doing to our talking point, um, which is nature for this year and next year. And um, we wanted to sort of aggregate all the content in one place and allow people to go in and explore. So that was fantastic. I mean, in the first week, we had 20,000 unique uh, visitors to that planet, you know, those islands. Um, and people had a really good dwell time of up to seven minutes on the platform, um, just exploring. Uh, then what we did was uh, the educational piece was massive for us. So Edu Monday Live, which is really where Cvent came in um, to offer the technology, was um, a full day of education with um, four concurrent sessions at any one time, um, 30 speakers, 40 sessions, and everything from kind of keynote presentations to very interactive sessions to social um, networking events as well. So um, that all took place on one day. We also had a day of specialist education, which was really invitation only, sort of deeper dive sessions for corporates or association planners, agency directors. They had a lot of uh, panel discussions, facilitated uh, discussion. And then we also did really fun things like um, the IMEX run, where people were running throughout the world their 5K posting that on social media we were aggregating that into our planets um, and then we also had a community day where it was really about um, helping the community to deliver the content that they would normally deliver around IMEX in Frankfurt and then aggregating that and, and signposting to it so there were lots of different elements um, and then added to that we also launched some peer-to-peer -peer networking one-to-one -one conversations so that people could hopefully uh, generate some business conversations as well. Wow, it sounds like there's a lot to this event and really fun and super engaging. And I know like the hardest part of this virtual event is you know, keeping attendees engaged, especially when it's over several days. I love the runs and everything like that. What was IMEX's strategy though for keeping everyone's attention and keeping that kind of fun vibe throughout the whole event? 
Yeah, so at the heart of our strategy, actually, was um, the concept that we wanted this to be a gift to the industry. So we, when we cancelled Dymex in Frankfurt, we were just overwhelmed by the reaction from the industry in the sense of just the supportive messages um, that we were getting. And we knew that people in the industry were also hurting because, of course, an event like IMEX exists in order to generate business uh, and growth for the industry. So without it, that also goes away. Um, and of course, our industry was also being hit by the cancellations all over the world. So first and foremost, we wanted it to be a gift. We wanted it to be unique to IMEX. We wanted it to be uh, joyful as well. You know, everyone was in lockdown um, and we wanted to bring a smile to people's faces and we wanted to bring community and connection um, that had been lost. So those were sort of our strategic pillars and everything that we did, we kind of put them through that prism of those strategic pillars. And um, so in order to create that joy, that community, we needed to make sure that it was interactive and fun to attend. So of course, the content is very important. You need to have great speakers, but we really tried to make sure that um, every session was quite short, had an element of Q&A, had polling. We utilized you know, the Crowd Compass app to um, drive some of that interaction. And, and as I said, we also had other systems where we were generating sort of one-to-one -one conversations um, and fun elements as well. So it was just really, I think it was the combination of all of those things that made it fun and interactive for people. Wow, you guys really thought this through. And I'm really impressed because you had to make such a quick decision to change to virtual. Now that you've done it, though, do you think you'll always keep a virtual component to your events going forward? Yeah, I think that's the, the um, million-dollar question, really. Um, I think yes, but in different ways. Um, certainly, obviously, we've had to cancel iMix America, and we're now you know, going through the same process to plan a virtual event in the fall. Um, once we get into 2021 and have our live shows again, um, we certainly want to keep some elements of virtual going. I think what we haven't quite worked out yet and still talking about is what does that mean um, layered onto the live shows. But of course, we've created this beautiful platform that people love to use. So I think, you know, we've got the kernel of something really exciting there. And, um, you know, for sure, we'll look at how we can develop that over time, create um, connection and community opportunities for the industry over the long term period. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really see hybrid being a, a very important component of the event strategy going forward. And I also noticed that IMEX did what I've seen a couple other companies doing, which is when, when you pivot to this virtual, the event was free. So there was no cost to it. Tell us a little bit about what the decision was to make this a free experience. And I think most importantly, how were you able to demonstrate ROI without that, that fee? Yeah, so for us, um, when we uh, deliver IMEX uh, in terms of the live in-person events, um, obviously the exhibitors pay um, for their stands and to for those business opportunities. But the content that we produce, uh, all the educational content, all the networking events largely, um, and uh, 
also entry into the show is all free and so it's in our dna really uh, to provide that type of value for free um and added to that we did want it to be a gift to the industry you know the industry was hurting and we just felt really strongly that this should be of benefit to anybody in the industry buyer supplier um let's just create connections that have been lost i mean our mission is to unite and advance the meetings industry and so really we went back to that mission in order to drive value um through this virtual experience Wow. I think that's so excellent. And I'm just so happy everything went really well for you guys. This is such a cool conversation to have. I do have one of our more difficult questions, though. If you had to leave one takeaway for our listeners, what would that be? Probably my one takeaway is that going virtual is harder than it looks. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it was a great learning experience. When you start, you don't know what you don't know, and that's really difficult. Um, and I would say get some professional help. Um, you know, there are agencies, there are tech companies out there that can help you design the event and also pull together the various different pieces. That's really the main thing. There are lots of different pieces, just like putting on a live event, right? You know, you have to understand how that jigsaw is put together. And that's the same online as well. And be really cognizant of the design. You know, when we are designing live in-person events, we really think about the flow of the events, how people are entering, the user journey, um, all of those elements to, to drive connections and, and enjoyment of different parts. And you have to do the same online. It might look different, um, but you need to be cognizant of that design element. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. If you need help, ask for it and figure out how to get that to make yourself uh, you know, successful. I think that's pretty, pretty great. Um, this is so great. I, I feel like um, everybody probably knows what IMAX is, but if they don't, how can they learn more about IMAX? And is there anything that you'd like to promote or share with our listeners? Yeah, so I mean, IMEX really is the global coming together of all sectors of the global meetings and business events and incentive travel industry. So, you know, that's really what we do. We connect that global industry. So, you know, any, any supplier um, in the business events industry, the destinations, the CVBs, hotel groups, technology providers, cruise lines, um, all of them are present at IMEX and every segment of the industry is represented through our partnerships uh, with all the major trade associations. Um, in terms of finding out more, you can go to our website, so um, imexexhibitions.com, and that will show you also the breadth of activities we do within the industry. We have um, student leadership and career development programs. We do policy forums. Uh, we run awards programs. Um, you know, and we, we campaign really around um, sustainability, greening of the meetings industry, diversity and inclusion. So if you go to uh, that website, imexexhibitions.com, you'll see sort of a wealth of material, uh, our podcast series um, and blogs and things like that. And then from there, you can also access our show site. So IMEX America and IMEX Frankfurt. Oh, perfect. And for our listeners out there, we'll make sure to include that link on our website at cvent.com slash podcast. But Karina, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's been a great pleasure to talk to you today. 
I love this conversation with Karina. It was so cool to kind of go behind the scenes and look at Planet IMAX. It was just such a fantastic event. Yeah, and I really liked how she explained all the elements of this months-long event. Lots went into this. 100%. And you're definitely going to want to check that out and more at cvent.com slash podcast. And before you know it, we'll have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.